You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, so Melanie is gone because she has not seen what we are about to talk about. Um, but Jesse and I have both seen Batman v Superman. Yes. Dawn of Justice. Hope that's the last time I have to say that full title. <laughs> Should be for a while. So I seen this opening day Thursday, which I think might have been like the first time I ever made a point to go like see a blockbuster on opening day. Oh yeah. And you seen this Saturday? Yes, Saturday midday. Opening weekend. <laughs> I think I know, I, I can guess your, your feelings <laughs> on this, but... uh, They've mellowed a bit. Yeah? They've mellowed a bit, yeah. Um, yeah, so before we get into it, um, critical reception was bad before anyone else ever saw it. Real bad. And and we, we got a lot of, you know, I, I feel like that probably colored some of our reactions. I don't think that... I don't, I think I still would have had the same opinion regardless of, of critics, but they, yeah, they were already, there was already a sad Affleck thing all over the internet, Uh you know, about how bad this was and how he was reacting to that in, in one press junket. Okay. So going into it, like at the very beginning from the whole Batfleck thing, I was concerned. I was like, Oh, this is going to be worrisome. But they'd actually kind of turned me around, and I was excited about it, mm-hmm. um, despite some reservations from like uh, certain things in in trailers. But for the most part, I was pretty I was pretty pumped for it. And then, yeah, once they dropped the uh, the embargo on the the critic like the critics like pre screening reviews or whatever, um, all the all the bad reviews started coming out, and I was like, oh no, this could yeah. be problematic. But I was still trying to be hopeful. I think. It having a lower Rotten Tomato score than Batman Forever is unfair, a little. Oh yeah, but uh, I was pretty disappointed. I mean, I didn't hate it. There are definitely moments sitting in the theater where I was irritated. So that's not a good sign. I was irritated right. with the movie. Um, but I tried to t- keep my expectations tempered, and I was still kind of disappointed. Definitely right. disappointed. Yeah. Well, and I had I had even um kind of touched base with you before I went in. And so I'd heard all the negative reviews. I'd kind of touched base with you. Um, I'd seen other people whose opinion I respect saying basically the same things. And, uh, and so going in, I knew that I was not probably going to have my favorite movie ever, but it was still going to be Superman versus Batman, which is something it's kind of like Avengers. You were going to this movie because You've waited your whole life to see this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it's taken us this long to get here, really. When you think about it, it's like, why did it take so long? I mean, I guess waiting for technology to catch up to what we would hope for. But other than that, uh, this seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, it is it is surprising when you think about it. I mean, we've had several Superman movies. I mean, Superman movies were the first, like, blockbuster superhero movies. Yeah. We've had... Mini Batman movies, and it's kind of like I don't know if they were 
if studios were scared to do it, but it's kind of like it took Mar- all, the whole Marvel thing before they were like, oh, hey, uh, I bet this would make money. So, yeah, 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 it is surprising that it's taken so long. Yeah, my initial response and, you know, like going into it, you kind of get this counterculture vibe, you know, like, OK, now that the critics hate it, I kind of want to I kind of want to like it. You know, mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. there's there's this part of me that is just like, I really want to prove the critics wrong in my own personal opinion of it. And uh, and and I'm starting to see a lot of that actually online. Um, it's making it's making gangbusters money. But mm-hmm. to be honest, no, no amount of culture is going to uh, make this movie completely OK for me. There's a lot of great things, a lot of great things mm-hmm. in this movie. And so I think this comes out as being a pretty middling to okay movie. Yeah. But yeah, having huge expectations because there's so much potential and, and there's a lot of things they get right. And there were things like the funny, funny thing is, you know, like, yeah, as soon as they announced bat, uh, bat Fleck, as soon as they announced Ben Affleck, uh, you know, red flags go up and then to be totally proven wrong on that front. Mm-hmm. Like that was the least of our worries. <laughs> little did we know <laughs> which which like that that's a win for them for sure yeah it's just unfortunate that they lost in these other areas that sh- should have been no-brainers i i like how fat boy and captain llama they they released an episode recently mm-hmm. where they kind of went over what they like and they don't like do you want to approach it like that yeah let's do that and are we going are we doing specific spoilers on this or i'm okay with it either way because i'm sure at this point the spoilers are out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. We'll warn you when we get there. I'd say there's two moments that definitely surprised me. And I'll, uh, if I come up to those, I'll, I'll mention a spoiler warning before saying what they yeah. are. Cause I don't think there's anything overly surprising about this movie because they showed us so much of it in the trailers. I yeah. think this one is one of those movies that kind of suffered from that. Yes, for sure. Um, okay, do we want to start with pros or cons? I have a feeling the cons list will be longer. What do you, what do you think? Do we should we end on a high note or a low note? <laughs> um, <laughs> we could try ending on a high note. Okay, okay, so we'll start with the stuff we didn't like. Well, that's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have not been overly uh, quiet about my disdain for um, this. Is I'm, I'm going to start with both a pro and a con. Uh, I, uh, I've not been quiet about my disdain for Man of Steel. Hmm. And so that kind of leads into one of the things I dislike about this movie, but it's actually a good thing about the movie. It is a good sequel to Man of Steel. Okay. It, uh, but I hated Man of Steel. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've heard, I've heard, I mean, definitely I've heard the same things where it's like, if you like Man of Steel, there's a chance you'll, you know, a good chance you'll like this. If you dislike Man of Steel, you're probably going to hate this. I liked Man of Steel and I mm-hmm. still was not keen on this. Right. And, and I understand people's problems with Man of Steel and I, I, you know, and I don't even disagree with complaints about it, but I still liked it overall. I thought it was, you know, the action like was crazy and the big, the end fight could be, you know, like went on so long, but. There was still, there was a ton of action. It was, it was pretty awesome action. And the Zack Snyder isms are there, but I could mm-hmm. overlook it. With this, it felt like there just wasn't enough, almost like there wasn't enough action. Like there were a few set action yes. pieces, but yes. for the most part, it, 
it was a slog. There just wasn't that much action. Well, this, this actually, this negative actually surprised me because after watching Man of Steel, I thought, oh, well, you know, I don't like it. It's not my Superman, but now I know what it is. So I'll enjoy the next Superman movie. That was, that was a, the drum I was beating after Man of Steel. I was like, well, he's not my Superman, but I, I get who he is now. And now I can enjoy him for what he is. But that wasn't the case in this movie because, um, and, and it's, it's going to partly play into what was really good about this movie is Batman was awesome. Superman sucked. Oh yeah. He, he didn't, and he didn't get a lot of screen time comparatively or he didn't if he did it was like mopey mopey clark kent who doesn't who isn't any different than superman time (laughs) you know i mean like Mm -hmm. superman you know for for being a co-headliner superman did not make a good showing in this movie and he really should have been you know i mean like he is a huge part of the movie but i don't feel like this was really about him no no, and, and and you've you made the joke, um, oh yeah, about it being a Batman movie. Did you know Superman was in this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My issue, Superman, I think, is a huge problem in this because first off, Batman and Superman are both straight up jerks. They're both. Yeah. I find them both fairly unlikable. And with Batman, that kind of works because you can make that work because Batman, right. because Bruce Wayne is a jerk, like. Yeah. Batman is a jerk. That's part of his personality. But Superman's not supposed to be that way. And right. Superman was mopier than Batman. And, <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't come across, Superman just doesn't come across human or likable. And it felt like the first one, okay, we had, we had emo Superman in the first movie, but he was trying to find his way. And I thought that was kind of the big arc of Superman, you know, going to be kind of the big arc of Superman from the first movie leading into this, that he's kind of found his way a little bit more as Superman, as a more familiar Superman, a more friendly Superman who's kind of like, okay, well, here's how I should do things. I mean, at the end, he's kind of cracking jokes about, you know, when he wrecks that spy satellite and or whatever it was, and he's like, you know, I'm from Kansas. Like, you know, it's kind of, I expected a little bit more lighter-toned Superman, not necessarily the movie. And in this one, it's almost like, it just made it, they, maybe it, and maybe that's not their fault, but they took him in the total opposite direction that I felt the first movie set him up for. They just made mm-hmm. him even more like just bleak and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I didn't like him. He didn't have much to do with the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. understand. It's definitely not a Superman movie. No. And, and they, ju- they just keep hitting that whole, uh, Superman is a false god and power corrupts absolutely. And they even, it even bleeds over into the crazy dream or premonition sequences mm-hmm. where we get, I, I kind of wanted to talk about this earlier when we were talking about Polis pick stuff, but I knew that Mel hadn't seen it and didn't want anything spoiled. So like there's that one, that one dream scene, which is really cool, but doesn't make any sense no. in in the context of the movie and i'm like oh this is totally red sun superman kind of thing where they're all mm-hmm. wearing like like there's military guys wearing a superman patch on their shoulder and batman's wearing the kind of like i don't I mean, like desert gear goggles and the long coats oh stuff. yeah you're right it's totally like desert version of the red sun batman yeah 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 and i was like yeah i don't i'm not sure where i'm going with this but well and they and there's there was the um the dark side reference with the the big like omega 
uh, yeah, thing. the Omega symbol. Yeah, the it, new gods. It and, frankly looked like they were kind of on apocalypse with some of the like. There's big like fire eruptions in the distance oh, that sure. just go straight up into the sky, and 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 there were parademons, like which yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It just was like what they ham fisted it into the movie so hard, like it to where it's like like it was cool to have that kind of like this potential alternate timeline, alternate universe, whatever it could be. I think this is going to be the Thor scene, you know, like, yeah, yeah. From, from Avengers two. It's like, I think this is actually setting up for a justice league movie, but then why couldn't it just have happened in the first part of the justice league movie? Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense in this movie. I know this is like the prequel, but a general movie goer, it's not going to mean anything to him. The fact that it, that's, that ties into a big problem I have is that it's just like, it was a, like, a dream sequence and then they did the like the the flash like you know kind of like oh i come back too early thing which was cool as part yeah. of like the dream sequence within the dream sequence and bruce wayne wakes up after that and it's like well what does that any of that mean it doesn't make sense it's just like the laziest way to throw it in there how can we get this in there oh uh, you, you know it could be a dream sequence and i remember before the movie came out hearing Zack snyder talk about well there's these really cool things that happen that the audience won't know if they actually happened or what they were and that's how you meet the flash and blah 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 and it's like they're not really cool right. Zack snyder that's lazy ham-fisted hack style of just throwing it in there well and the and having the one would have been fine if bruce hadn't already had dreams that were obviously just nightmares mm-hmm. like the vampire whatever thing and it was like and even that was still like why why, why did we need to pad the the runtime so much that we're going to throw in a vampire Martha Wayne or oh know, man, I, mean, I had forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so I liked some of the scenes with Batman, including some of the, like the dream scenes. I mean, I didn't like them, but I like that they played it up horror movie style, but I would say they're well done. I mean, that that's in the pros. Everything about this movie is well done except for how it's put together, how it's constructed. And I would say uh, some of the writing aside, one of my main gripes with this movie is Zack Snyder, like the directing. I, he, okay, so he can do, he's, he's a visual guy. That's what he does. But like, they, they put these themes in there and these various things. And it just like, he hammers the same stuff home over and over. And you know, he thinks he's being clever about it with the Christ imagery and, and all this, but it's not. It's like the most like on the surface, obvious themes. Sure, if you want to play with it, that's fine, but like he doesn't comprehend subtlety at all, and it just hammers it home. And it'd be fine if it didn't like, they probably could have cut at least 20 minutes out of this by just taking some of the like slow motion sequences where it's just people in stationary, but everything's in slow motion and you've got the music and it's supposed to be epic and profound. And it's not, it's just becomes boring when you're at the end of a two and a half hour movie and you're like, just why is this scene still happening? Oh, and the pacing on the first end of the movie is is so slow. You mm-hmm. know, like I actually found myself going, "Oh, how long is this movie?" You know, I mean, like there's there's points where I'm just like, "Oh, I am kind of bored right now," and uh, that shouldn't happen in this movie. And okay, so there's there's several things in this which are pulled almost directly from Dark Knight Returns, which is awesome. But I almost feel like the writer and the director, the writers and the director latch onto it onto that book 
as an excuse to just do whatever they want in terms of Batman. Uh huh. Like he murders yeah. people. Oh yeah, yeah. He's trying to super murder. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 oh yeah, exactly. And Snyder justifies it. I've heard him in review or in interviews. I'm sure everybody has at this point, but he justifies yeah. it by, well, Batman never direct, like he's not shooting people in the heads. If somebody's in a car and he shoots the car and the car explodes in his mind, that's okay. It's not any different. Yeah. And there were and several that, times that, that I like happen a lot. That doesn't happen a lot in the comics. No, no. And, and I know the one scene, the scene he's talking about and they lift it is the scene in the, in dark Knight returns, which is one of the more like shockingly off put off putting, like where he shoots that person in the head. Yeah. And I think it kind of works there once because it's in there mm-hmm. once. It's so extreme. And you're like, Ooh, you know, that's not really Batman, but this is not, this is not your normal Batman. But like right. when you're starting a movie franchise where this is your Batman, like, like I don't mind an older Batman, but a Batman who's given up on the idea of like, you know, I can't kill people. And I don't know. I just think that without seeing how he got there. Yeah. And I'm sure maybe, you know, ideally they could go back and kind of fill in some of the gaps with other movies, but like. Kind of needed it in this movie because of how he acts. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. There was just several times, like during the chase scene, like there's several parts in there where it's like Batman just caused those people to die in that car that I was physically like, oh, moving away from. It's like, why, why is it necessary? You don't have to do that. Right. I, I guess it's kind of the complaint of like, why does Superman have to snap a neck? It's the same thing. It is the same thing, and and I guess that was why why it was such a major sticking point for me in the first in the first Superman movie, and uh, and yet yeah, same thing with Batman. He has a line, and we we don't see him cross it almost ever, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet in this movie, it's almost cavalier. Okay, so maybe to better express what bugs me about him about them latching onto the dark knight and using it as like an excuse or a crutch the dark knight returns is in the dark knight returns when he does that for one when he shoots that one character for one it is shocking but it's literally like almost like he has no other choice right i mean at least that's kind of the scenario before him they put him in a similar scenario they even lift the dialogue directly but they put him in a similar scenario here which would work on its own if he also wasn't murdering all these faceless thugs outside before he got into the scenario. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't work at that point. There's a difference between he's willing to cross that line if he's pushed to it and he just doesn't care. He'll just blow up cars because it's manslaughter, not murder. You know, like it just doesn't yeah. work in that situation. Snyder, I think Snyder is just, he, he has a different idea about collateral damage because we just see it in all of his movies where it's like, well, that doesn't count because it wasn't like pointed. Yeah. You know, like, like that was just an accident. That was, that was an undirected thing. And see, that's exactly the problem is that Superman, uh, Superman in particular doesn't let collateral damage happen. He's, he's the guy that's going to take the fight out of the city on purpose. And then the bad guys are going to note that weakness and bring it back into the city. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that is just like a concept that the writers, it's a concept that they don't seem to get. Because even like, okay, so in Man of Steel, you want to have this city situation go down. The most important part isn't that all these people in the city got killed during the fight. It's that Superman didn't seem to like look twice or give it a second thought during this whole fight 
didn't try to avoid it. Like if people were dying in Superman, I was like, holy crap, I got to like redirect this or do something about this. He's just fight, yeah, just fighting a bad guy. That's all he's doing without any care for what's happening around him. Yeah. And that I think is a bigger problem than just the fact that it was happening in the city is the fact that it's happening and Superman doesn't bat an eye about it. And in this, like, I guess this is a con for <laughs> Batman v Superman is like, so they're like, lazy way around it was just i mean they did good at one point where he's trying to get uh, a threat out of the city but after that it's like kind of lazy where it's like oh it's abandoned oh there's nobody there don't worry there's nobody there it's just a dialogue throwaway but they still want to have these buildings collapsing and stuff right i mean i guess at least they tried but again like a lot of things it was just lazy it almost seemed like a petulant nod at the critical reception that they got for man of steel you know, like, like, yeah. well, we're going to throw the, we're going to throw this little line in here just so all you people that get all upset. No, yep. there's nobody here. There's nobody here. Don't worry. So about don't it. get Don't get mad about that again. Yeah. Don't worry about the fact that it's wholly unbelievable that this whole area is abandoned. <laughs> right. Right. I didn't hate doomsday. Uh, oh, wait. Was that a was no, that a fine. spoiler thing? That's I, in the I don't. Trailer. I don't think so. Yeah, everybody knew yeah, that, that. That's in the trailer. I didn't hate Doomsday as much as I thought I'd hate him. Um, I didn't love him, but I didn't hate him as much as I thought I would because it just seemed like you're gonna ham fist that into this storyline, and it did feel ham fisted. That was my main beef with the whole situation. Is it was like I was like, what? What? Really? Like this? Yeah. All of us. This is happening. I didn't mind him, but I didn't like what they were doing with him. Like, he just seemed like a throwaway element of the story. And I don't know if he's supposed to, like, maybe the comic book characters don't have any personality, but, like, it was just really a totally empty creature. Nothing to it. Well, the original Doomsday kind of was. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there just wasn't, it was just like, I don't know. Like, it's okay for it to be animalistic. It just felt like a nothing threat. Like, it's just going to stand here and blow things up and i i don't know it, something about it bugged me but i didn't really mind it once in it and it, i think the fight that resulted from it was cool because that's when you get the the trinity moment yeah what else did you dislike about this thing oh well i mean i don't know how to feel about lex good that's where i was that's kind of where i was hoping to take this yeah well we have to talk about him and i just didn't i, I just don't know if i like him or not like I'm, I'm simultaneously trying to separate him from Lex's of the past and just um, enjoy him for what he is, and and I can't. There were moments when I, I kind of bounced between, I kind of like what what I, Jesse Eisenberg is doing. Mm-hmm. Like he had these little facial twitches. I mean, it's not far off from characters he's played in the past. But he had these right. little like twitches and stuff that I was like, oh, I kind of like these, you know, I kind of like what he's doing. I bounced between that and like, Holy crap, this is so over the top. There yeah. was moments when he would start like talking and it's like, I don't understand the words that he's stringing together. Like, where is this coming from? What is going right. on? Like, I just didn't. But they, they kind of went, the, it, they kind of gave him like Asperger's genius. Yeah. Yeah. Like derailed. Yeah. Where he's just like almost, <laughs> he's like quoting things almost like a Tourette's tick, you know? I mean, like. I think that's what it was. That was probably what was. Yeah. You know, like when he was kind of just like weird, just kind of this weird eccentric, uh, billionaire guy that was actually, that actually had more charisma than, than Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent. 
<laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I kind of see where they're going with this. They're, they're making him the charismatic Lex and I can, I can handle that. Well, yeah. And I was like, and they're kind of pulling from like the, uh, the more modern young, like, like, uh, eccentric tech genius type yeah. character. You know, like that's kind of seemed to be the way they were going with well, it. Like an evil Steve Jobs almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, by the end and they even try to give you like the, the fan, fanboy moment of like, Oh, look at him. He's bald. But <laughs> spoiler, but, but then it like becomes like he just goes mad. Like it's just over the top. And I was like, what is no, like it's just a horrible send out for him in my yeah. opinion. I was like, what, what was is someone, that? someone likened it to like a Heath Ledger turn. I was like, yeah. And that's not appropriate really for, for Lex Luthor. I no. mean, he has, he has his psychopathic moments, but generally speaking, Lex Luthor is a sociopath who has way too many manipulations up in the air to ever break the facade. And the only time he breaks that facade is out of his absolute hatred of Superman. Mm-hmm. Part, like I said, partway through, I was kind of like, well, I'm not keen on it, but I can accept this. And there were some cool moments. I want to say there's some, uh, it's not really a sp- There's a moment where he, like, where he's kind of got Superman at a disadvantage and he's just like throwing the uh, pictures at him. Oh yeah. And it was like, it felt really degrading. And I was like, that is a well, like, that's good. Like, that's a cool yeah. scenario. But like, by, yeah, by the end of the movie, I, I was like, no, this not a good Lex, not a good character well, over the top. I, I think early on, what bugged me was, um, he, he has that scene where, you know, it, it's the one that we keep seeing in the, the trailers where mm-hmm. it's Lex and Clark and, and, and Bruce all in the same room and he has to go up on stage and give his little speech. And it's all very, what you would expect from this character. And then all of a sudden he just lets the mood drop. Yeah. And he's like, I hate this or whatever. And I was like, Oh wow. Uh, that is not, that's, that's not a veneer that, uh, Lex would let crack on stage in front of a packed room for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I couldn't let my fanboy, you know, like my fanboy, vision of lex luther go in that moment because it's like why why would he do that yeah no i agree i can almost enjoy him not even as like a different take on lex just like put the lex thing aside and like as different character i was kind of enjoying it and even as like a different character who had these these quirks and and these ticks i still like even that by the end i was like no this it's just too much and i don't necessarily fault eisenberg for his performance I, I want to say it's it's in the writing and it's in the directing, which is what yeah. I fault a lot for this movie. Right, because all of his motivations are there in the plot and uh-huh. and not and not really clear ever. Like he's kind of got a mad on for Superman, and it's there's no motivation behind it really. Yeah, they don't set it up like they go to greater lengths, and I maybe I understand like they felt they had to because Batman's supposed to be a good guy, but they go to gl- greater lengths to explain Batman's beef with Superman than they even bother to attempt with Lex. And, yeah, and they, like, they don't. Yeah. They're just like, he just wants them to fight. <laughs> I don't know why even, you know, and maybe that's a greater p- fault of the movie where it's like, there's, here's these things we need to get to. We need to have them fight. We need to do this. We need to get to that. And the, the loot, the chains, the little links to from, from getting from here to there just were really flimsy. I thought like, they yeah. could have come up with something better 
to get to the same point from A to B to C and made it feel more uh, natural and and satisfying, you know? Right. The music. Mm. There's one moment where I'm kind of like, okay, this is pretty cool, but it's jarring. Uh-huh. You know, and I think you probably know what I'm talking about because the whole mood of the movie shifts after we get a certain uh, a certain theme all of a sudden. And before that, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I couldn't tell you what Superman's suite is. I don't know what Batman's suite is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this is a pro or con, but I'm going to kind of stick it in the con category because if you think about Batman's themes in the past, mm-hmm. we've always been able to identify a Batman theme. We've always been able to identify a Superman theme. And really in this movie, if there is a theme, uh, it would be Wonder Woman has a theme and she's the only one that gets an identifiable one. And it's the tone of that is totally at odds with the yes. like, almost two hours that came before it. Yeah. I would agree. And like, I understand the moment they're going for, but it's like, if that's the kind of tone you wanted, you just failed in the last two hours of the movie. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> big shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to say Lex almost has his own theme that is interesting, but almost still, I mean, it wasn't as jarring, but there's this like weird, quirky, not almost upbeat, but kind of just weird, like almost yeah. classical sounding. I could, I could see that. Yeah. And I was like, that, I don't know if that works. I like the music. I kind of like, I like what they're doing here, but I don't know if it works. But yeah, I agree with you on the, that, that, the Wonder Woman thing. It's like out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's like, yeah and And that's the thing is it's all hans zimmer orchestral scores the rest of the time and then all of a sudden (laughs) and you get the big drums and if it were just the big drums that's not outside of the scope but yeah then there's that extra thing when she comes on screen that would like be the equivalent to an 80s like guitar (laughs) like when the hero comes on and you're just like what what did they just change uh, right. the channel? Somebody, what happened? Somebody let Jack Black be in control of the, <laughs> of the score for just a second. <laughs> it was a weird movie going experience. I've been to just a few movies where something like this has happened, but not quite as much. The audience clapped and cheered and it was really weird. <laughs> in fact, there were a couple moments during this movie and I don't think I've ever been to a more dour movie where the audience was just like, like something would happen. They'd, yeah. And they clap. And I was like, Oh, Really? Like they, they were ready for excitement. It's like, oddly enough, the last time that that happened and I just went, Oh my God, this is, this is humanity now, uh, was another Zack Snyder film and it was the Watchmen and it was when, uh, Rorschach dumped this guy's head in a grease fryer. Really? And, And everybody was like, was like, yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That is horrible. Wow. I mean, like, I, yeah, I get that that guy was a worse bad guy than Rorschach, but only just barely. <laughs> like, this is not something to applaud. That's so crazy. Okay, I will say this. Affleck won me over. But yeah. Affleck is, like, for the most part, I was always like, anybody can be Batman. Anybody can be in the Batman suit. So long as they have, like, the physique, they can fill out the suit. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the Bruce Wayne that's important. I actually think Bruce Wayne, or Affleck is a much better Bruce Wayne then Batman, I think he's fine in the Batman suit, but they yeah. give him too many moments where like he has this like certain like look where it's almost like, I don't know. He's, he's a pretty emotional Batman, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah. I actually thought he was not a bad Bruce Wayne. If he was written better, I think he really like would have been excellent, but 
And that's weird because right. I kind of hate I kind of hate Ben Affleck so much. <laughs> <laughs> but he won me over. Like I had turned around on that, and I think that worked. And in going from the whole Batfleck, where I was tempted to like search through my Twitter timeline to find like three years ago when they announced it, my reaction to it, and then post mm-hmm. that and be like, you know what, Ben Affleck's almost the best thing in this movie. Oh right, right, exactly, exactly. And if if anything tops. Uh, ben Affleck, it would be Gal Gadot's uh, Wonder Woman, and only and only because she doesn't do anything. <laughs> she just she just fights. She doesn't have a whole lot of lines, mm-hmm. you know. Like everything that she does is spot on because she didn't do very much. And I was like, okay, yeah, because everybody's like Wonder Woman, and and they're right, they're right. Wonder Woman was awesome in this, but they couldn't screw her up. <laughs> they yeah, didn't they, didn't, her, they didn't have enough yeah. time to. <laughs> no, it's exactly it. And and so uh, they hit all the notes with her that they had to, you know, like when uh, Wonder Woman is like fighting Doomsday and totally enjoying it. That's mm-hmm. a note you had to hit with her because she's an Amazon and she does love a, a fierce battle and a challenge like that. And arguably she did far better than the other two in that battle. Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah, oh, I guess she, she- didn't she chop off his hand? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like Batman for the most part couldn't do anything. I mean, he he had his thing that he could contribute. And when it all come together, I was like, yeah, that's nice. I'm glad they could at least do that. But like you definitely got the feel of like Batman being a normal dude in that situation, mm-hmm. which works, but I also kind of don't like because in the comics for the most part you don't get that. You don't get Batman feeling helpless because even though he doesn't have powers, Almost at all times, unless he's just getting the crap beat out of him, which happens almost at all times, he's doing something. He's got a plan B. He's got some kind of plan in motion that takes into effect that he's not going to be a heavy he- uh, heavy hitter in this unless, you know, X, Y, and Z happen. And you don't, and that I, maybe that's another problem I have with Batman in this is you don't get the feeling, you don't get the, and this is not uncommon for Batman movies, but you don't get the, he's a super intelligent detective like the detect i mean he doesn't have to be detecting but like he's a super intelligent guy he's a tactician and that's something that it's like they've consistently failed in most of the batman movies right and i would say here too yeah you see inklings of it in the Mm -hmm. way that he sets things up like his plan to uh to take on superman is pretty is pretty well fleshed out even though he doesn't run us through it which would have been nice because yeah, you're That's, right uh, there. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah, maybe you get a little bit more of it here than you would otherwise. Yeah. You just don't spell it out. That's a good point. You know, I mean, I don't know. I think Bale's, Christian Bale's Batman did have a fair amount, but it was all based on Lucius Fox's tech, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've got a huge plan, and it all revolves around uh, Morgan Freeman being smarter than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. I know there's other things, but let's move on. What did you like? Okay, so like Wonder Woman, I liked, mm-hmm. and for the for the re- the snarky reasons I listed, mm-hmm. uh, Bat Batman, mm-hmm. you know, I, mean, I think we've kind of nailed those two. Oh, oh no, there's another con. No, go for it, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, what was that? Don't even put him in the movie if that's what you're gonna do with him. Like that doesn't add anything, and that's not. I mean, it's it's kind of an fu, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, everybody got PO'd because they thought we were replacing it with this chick in the first one. So, no, yeah. he's here. We're just going to do this thing to him. Oh, yeah. Don't do it. Right off the bat, too. Yeah. 
So, okay. Yeah. Now, now <laughs> palate cleanser. What did I like? <laughs> that's a really weird way that's to a bad palate <laughs> cleanser. Introduce the pros. Uh, but I can't, I can't let that one stand. Mm-hmm. I liked, uh, I really liked the nods to the metahumans. Um, I liked the, uh, quick, the quick scenes of the flash and, uh, um, Aquaman. I liked, uh, I, I, I pretty much liked everything Batman y, you know, as far as establishment goes. Mm-hmm. Like, we get to see a little bit of his origin and it was done pretty well. Uh, except for the, the Batnado thing was a little weird. Yeah, that, I was super worried. And then, you know, like a lot. And then of it was a dream and it was like, okay, all right, it's a dream. I can forgive that. And that's where the dream things started, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good. And I, I really felt like he was going to be, kind of a heroic Batman at the beginning because of the way that Bruce Wayne interacted with uh, the whole Zod beatdown thing in the beginning. And I was like, yeah, okay. I, I'm like, right off the bat, I was like, I can kind of get on board with this. And I think this is where you're right. You know, like uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne was awesome and he's super heroic and he's like, I'm just going in there to save this little girl, even though her mom was up there and, you know, like that whole the opener was strong. Yeah, I, I, I like that moment a lot. I yeah, exactly. Where we got to see the end of the first movie from his point of view on the street. I mm-hmm. thought that sequence was cool. Yeah, I like that they didn't explain everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like on the same end that it really kind of annoys me. I do like that there's all this mystery. Like what happened? Clearly, there was a Robin. What happened there? What happened to Wayne Manor? You know what happened? Uh, What's how long has Batman been doing this? Because it almost it's it almost felt like he became Batman because of Superman, but he didn't. It was clear in the way that he was able to maneuver through Metropolis in that car that he uh, had a little experience driving around a car like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. Yeah, I would I would echo. I like I love the like burned out, dilapidated mansion. Mm-hmm. I love that they threw that in there. Didn't explain it at all. Yeah. And you're like, I like that because it adds, cause for one, you know, if they're going to do a solo Batman movie, which I'm sure they still are, they'll fill you in. But I like that they didn't because it's like, there's a history here. We don't even yeah. need to explain it. It just happens. They did mention though that he'd been Batmanning, <laughs> you know, he'd been Batmanning, uh, <laughs> yeah. for something like 20 years. Oh, okay. Uh, so he was, he was very time. much our Dark Knight mm-hmm. returns kind of Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say they there was some mention of 20 years between him and Alfred at some point. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I loved Alfred. I loved Jeremy Irons. I was surprised by that. He was like a elder, stately uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> was yeah, like a totally, yeah, that's totally, true. Totally new take on, uh, at least from what we've seen in movies, totally new take on Alfred. And Alfred was involved, and that's very much more like what he is in the comics, where where Alfred is a force and half of the stuff Batman does, he couldn't do without Alfred. Unlike in the comics, I cannot see this Alfred waiting with like dinner for him to get home for, for Batman to get back. And then when Batman's, you know, doing his moody Batman thing and like, I'm not hungry and, and storms off. I can't see this Alfred getting mopey about it. Like he sometimes does in the comics. Yeah. But in the comics, like Alfred is kind of an amazing tech guy who runs all the computer stuff and all the other stuff when Batman's out and he does the whole, like the headset thing, Penny one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. They had that aspect of him here where he's 
flying the bat, the, the bat, whatever you want to call it, the flying bat copter thing in here. Um, the bat jet via remote to when Batman goes bust into that warehouse. Like, yeah, I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Uh, their relationship was interesting. Like, I mean, it's Batman and Bruce Wayne is always kind of like not at odds, but there, you know, there's, there's like a tension there because, and they played that well. I mean, it's not subtle, but they played it well where Alfred's not really approving of the situation. He's like, this is bad for you. Right. <laughs> this is going to get you killed. But yeah, like he is in the comics, but there's a couple of times where like Bruce Wayne, like asks Alfred if he can take the bat suit out. And I thought that was an interesting. There's like one time where he mm-hmm. asks him if he can take the bat suit out and Alfred's like, you know, why don't you do it as Bruce Wayne? Blah, blah, blah. So I thought that was an interesting dynamic because in the comics for the most part, it'd be like, Alfred, I'm taking the bat suit out. And then that'd be the end of it. So yeah. Yeah, that was different. Yeah. Uh, maybe he just trusts Alfred more at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or like he's actually asking him his opinion in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do seem like more of a team in this, which I appreciate. I'm trying to think of something about Superman that I liked. Okay, there's a couple. Th- I, this is going to get into slight spoiler just because this is like a cool moment that I didn't want to mm-hmm. spoil. Um, So if you don't want to, I guess, a cool moment spoiled. so. Doomsday gets out. Superman actually does the thing that he would do where he grabs him and he try, flies him out into space. Oh yeah. They, they being the government nuke the two because they're like, well, we got to try to get rid of them while we can nuke mm-hmm. the two. And they do the, the cool nuked zombie looking Superman. Yeah. Coming yeah. back. Like that was that they pulled that from Dark Knight Returns when they nuked him. I was like, are they going to do it? Because that's such a cool image. It's just so, so creepy. And, right. and they did it. And I was like, Oh, that was, that might have been my favorite Superman moment in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that was pretty cool. That may be mine too. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of favorite Superman moments. No. In this, in this. And, uh, that, that doubles for Clark Kent because I don't feel like they were different at all. I mean, there's, there's always, there's always been that, that joke that how can Superman get away with being Clark Kent? Cause he looks exactly the same. You just put some glasses on him. But in the past, we've had people like play it up, you know, like, well, I'm kind of dorky when I'm Clark, uh-huh. you know, he didn't even try. <laughs> like, no, really? People see you on the street. They're going to be like, are you, are you Superman? He almost felt more charismatic and confident and friendly when he, well, okay. Friendly works, but he seemed more charismatic when he was Clark Kent. Yeah. It's like, as soon as he puts the Superman thing outfit on, it's like, time to be dour. Yeah. I liked, and I don't want to, this part I don't want to spoil. It's not a big thing, but I liked the moment. It took me by surprise is the, when they have, what do you call it? The Capitol building, like the hearing and all that. Oh yeah. I liked that moment. I mm-hmm. was very surprised by it. And then they cut back to it after a thing happens. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That moment worked for me. I thought that was cool, but then that just, adds to him being more dour and grim. Yeah. I liked, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think there wasn't, you know, like as far as female characters go, I liked, uh, Holly Hunter's character, the Senator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was, she was played well and she was, you know, barring, barring wonder woman. She was the strongest female character in the movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, like she stands up to Lex. She, uh, doesn't get back down. You know, she doesn't back down a lot. And I, I kind of liked that. It was like, why can't we have that from Lois Lane? Because Lois Lane 
you could have had the movie without her in it at all, almost. Yeah, in fact, like, the whole thing with the bullet, and when it comes down to it, it was just, like, a very loose, like, connecting a plot to move over here, which didn't really make sense to me. Like, they could have cut that whole thing. They didn't need it. Yeah. They didn't need yep. that scene. They they didn't need her whole thing with the bullet. And it's like, it kind of felt like, it felt like just like, how do we get her in the movie? What do we have her yeah. do? We got to give her something to do. Well, she's, she's an emotional anchor for Superman. Otherwise we don't see him doing anything other than being mopey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, and then that's really the only reason that we needed her was to have an extra emotional punch later. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even very good at that. So and Diane Lane, like, uh, I had a problem with with her vision of Martha Kent anyways, because I had seen what she had to say in trailers. You know, again, the trailer ruining it again was like she starts out sounding like Martha Kent. And then all of a sudden she's like, or or not, you know, you don't have to care about these people. Anything. Yeah. You don't know them anything. And then they kind of like whitewash Jonathan Kent's story, too, where they're like, where he's like, I'm Superman because of my dad. And we're like, Wait a minute. Which which Jonathan Kent are you referring to? Because the Jonathan Kent I remember was like, "Don't you ever tell them who you are." Yeah, don't do it. You stand don't. there and you watch you watch the people you care about die because it's more important that they die than you. <laughs> I will walk into this tornado to make sure that you are not Superman. <laughs> yeah, that is still. I know I, I like. I know I like. I say I like that movie, and I do, but that is still problematic. Yeah. Like they, they establish, they break their own rules in this movie too. You know, like there's a scene where, where they realize, oh, he's Kryptonian. The Krypton, the Kryptonite will work. And I've only got one more of these Kryptonite bullets. We've got to go back and get that spear. And so for whatever reason, Lois must realize this too. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, like the leaps in logic are kind of crazy where she's like, I've got to, first of all, I'm going to throw this spear into the water because whatever. And then later on, for no other apparent reason, she's like, Oh, wait, I need to go get that out of the water where I dumped it and then gets trapped. And you know, really what it comes down to it. And that doesn't need to be there even, but like, it's almost like they have that whole thing there just so they can trap her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, because. It bothers me that Batman would just throw it down. I understand mm-hmm. he's like in a weird emotional state at that moment. Oh, another huge con. The flip with the characters when they finally, the, the reversal, because Batman is so oh. anti-Superman, so determined against this guy that he's willing to just kill him because he's like, if we think there's a 1% chance, that whole speech. Yeah. <laughs> and then to... To make such a quick, just instant change, like he's about to kill this guy, and it's because they have this one thing, <laughs> yeah. this one little thing in common that yeah. he just changed his whole mind instantly. And I mean, maybe he just gets so stuck on it, he's like, "What did you say? <laughs> Why, Why did you, you say, say that?" Yeah. Oh, and then, and then, uh, Holly, Holly made this point, and I think it's fair. Like, why did he even say that name? I, I thought it was weird that he was saying it to Lex. You've got to save. You gotta save her or whatever. It's because of. <laughs> it's so they could do that. Yeah. Yeah. We're like it's, it's so, so obvious. But it's mm-hmm. like, why wouldn't he just say, you know, like what everybody says? Like mom. Yeah. Like, why would you call your mom that? You don't. I'm dancing around it. It's it, probably obvious, but <laughs> it's kind of a turning point in the movie. So, but it bugs me that he then just throws the spear down. Like, I don't think he would just discard it. I think he's smarter than, smarter than that. 
Yeah, it's the only thing keeping this guy from from turning around and and tearing his head off. Yeah, even if he doesn't plan on using it, I would think he would like Batman should have the thought processes. Even if I don't plan on using this right now, maybe in the future, or maybe I don't want to just throw it for any old random Joe to come here and have this thing. Yeah. Uh, and then and then yeah, then and then she tosses it, so she has to come back later and get it. And, uh, yeah. I understood her tossing it. I guess. You yeah. Okay. I, I know this is the one thing that can kill Superman, so I'm going to get rid of it. And that made sense. But later on, this, this, she's not involved in any of this stuff. She doesn't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, wait, I'm going to need that. <laughs> okay. So we're, def- I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but we're definitely into spoiler areas. And I want to mention this moment involving that part that yeah. I thought, thought was hilarious. And I oh. don't think it was supposed to be. So, okay. So she goes back. She, jumps into the water she's thrown it into this like i don't know weird water hole she's thrown into this water earlier so she goes back to get it and jumps in and then there's the fight happening nearby so the building collapses down and she's stuck under the water superman finally hears her beating against whatever under the water so he goes opens it up she's in there like like floating drowning he pulls her out saves her Mm -hmm. and then he jumps in (laughs) and then he jumps in to get it it's kryptonite so she, she like comes to, looks over and he's in the water hole, floating, drowning. Yeah. <laughs> and she got to pull, she has to pull him out. And I was like, I don't, maybe it's not, I don't know. It just seems no, so funny no, it to was, me. It was, well, it was stupid. And then, and then definitely spoiler territory. Yeah. Uh, big spoiler territory coming. I mean, out. like, like he can't even go down there. You mm-hmm. know, he, he can't even get to the bottom of the, of the well or whatever the hell it is, uh, to get this. To get the spear, but later on he can fly with it, which was totally unnecessary. Yeah, he could have gotten Wonder Woman's attention. He could have got Batman, handed it to him, and then throw Batman at him or something. I don't know. He could have done anything, handed it off to somebody. I guess I don't have a problem with him flying with it if we hadn't already established that he can't even swim next to it. Yeah, he can't even pull it out of water without it weakening him to the point where he passes out and he's drowning. So it's like. I don't, I don't mind you, uh, breaking the rules as long as you follow your own new set of rules, which they didn't do. <laughs> We're like, okay, this is how kryptonite works. It works really well. Unless we need him to fly. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought that was problematic. I was surprised that they did the thing that, that thing that follows next. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of. I, if, I guess yeah. it, why would you have doomsday if you're not going to do that thing? Sure. But it seemed unnecessary. And then of course, as a comic reader, you know, yeah, it's not going to last. And they, they don't right. even let you like get out of the movie without being like, Hey, 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 yeah, something's going to happen. It's not, it's not gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that they would leave, leave it like that. Uh, but yet with the little nod, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like if you get, I, I don't know, I guess run time, maybe, I don't know that, that, and that scene at the end went so yeah. long. And I don't remember where I heard it. I don't know if it was on Fat Boy and Captain Llama, if they were complaining about it, or if it was on, what did I listen to? I listened to the True Bromance, True Bromance podcast, which is a pretty good show. They mm-hmm. slammed this movie. Oh. And, but I don't remember which show was it, but they made a valid point. It's like, Batman's typically like, I mean, I could see Batman recognizing a need for the Justice League, but he's like the loner guy. It's so mm-hmm. weird that they put him in a situation where he's got to be the guy like, hey, you know, those other people, we need to get them all together because we're going to need to, you know, <laughs> right, we need right. to hang out. They're, we're going to have no, to fight. He, 
He's Mr. Omac. He's Mr. I've got to have uh, contingency plans in case these guys go rogue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's weird that he's the one that's got to pull the people together because he's, yeah, he's Batman. Right. He likes to do it on his own. He could, I could see him wanting to be with the league because he recognizes that there's a use for it, but I don't see him being, I don't know, without like Superman or at least even Wonder Woman being like, Hey, we should do this without somebody else like pushing him with towards it. I don't see him just mm-hmm. taking that leap on his own. Yeah. And, and that whole thing of, well, you know, I, uh, I failed him. I'm not going to fail him again. <laughs> you were like, uh, okay. You've known him for how long? I, and I think this was from Fatboy and Captain Llama. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like, okay, so you've known him for maybe a week. And half of that, uh, over half of that, you were trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. And that, that whole thing ties into the like, just that turn, that turn that happens so quick. It's like mm-hmm. instantly like, you know, oh, he's my buddy. it's just weird and it feels okay my problem with ben affleck in the bat suit is it feels like and these are the scenes he's given i think but it feels like he has a bewildered look most of the time (laughs) and i don't think it's necessarily his fault i think that's just what's supposed to be happening in the scenes i guess when he's fighting bat or fighting superman he looks angry and stuff but there's a lot of moments where you get the close-up of him in the suit and he's just got like this look like oh oh who's that what's going on (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. Why, why did you be, say that name? It could just be the mold of the mask, too. Yeah, um, yeah. The mask is kind of, I don't know, like the, the bat suit in and of itself is a little different than what we're used to. I kind of like the bat suit overall, but. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I like, I mean, they obviously pulled from that, the, the very, like, stout, chunky looking. Yeah, the Dark Knight Returns kind of Batman, which was what they were kind of going for. And the metal, the metal bat suit was cool. The fight overall was kind of cool, but there was that weird, towards the end, when Batman kind of had him, he did that weird thing where he like reached around his neck weird and put him on his back all in a weird way. That felt really awkward and unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Like it was this whole breaking of the back kind of thing. Like I'm going to break his neck right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh boy, are we going to have a, a Zod moment here now? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it felt really weird the way he, it, Okay, like, in the original Evil Dead, at one point, one of the Deadites, like, grabs this knife, and then unnecessarily, awkwardly, like, flips her hand around and grabs it in a way that you would never hold a knife, and you're like, what is she doing? And then later it turns out it's so that Ash or whoever can push her arm behind her back and push her on the knife. It felt like that, where it's like, why are you placing your hands in that way? What are you doing? And it's just so they could have that image of him holding him that way. Right. Uh, What is that? It's unnatural. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a minor complaint, but it, that was another thing that kind of struck me as funny. Is like, what, what, what's going on? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't feel like we've hit very many of the pros, but I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think we would. There are yeah. some. There are some cool moments for sure. But what, what do? So, what do you think? Are the are the critics right? Are are the audience members that are like rallying against the critics right? Is it what? Is it somewhere in the middle? What What do we think about? how people are reacting because this thing is already like poised to make more more money than any other superhero opening ever is what they're saying personally i think i fall on the lower mid lower middle portion i don't think it's i don't think it should have a lower rotten tomato score than either of the joel schumacher batman movies i think those Mm -hmm. are terrible at least they did something like it, it might be misguided and convoluted in parts 
it wasn't hard to follow. I mean, there's some weird stuff early on. I was worried it was going to be hard to follow, but, um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worse than those for sure, but I don't think it's great either. I don't know. It's, it's, I wouldn't say middle of the road because there are several things that kind of like made me angry where I was like, why are you doing that? But I don't think it's terrible. I want it. I personally want it to do well so that Warner brothers doesn't get scared and start pulling back on budgets. Right. And reboot the thing again. Oh yeah, exactly. I think I almost think like with some editing, you could make a better movie out of what's even what's there to begin with. Mm -hmm. If you tightened it up, got rid of some unnecessary things, maybe find some footage of Superman, not being the Superman in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, let's let's let him actually be a hero before we. <laughs> I, I don't do, know. I don't know that a three-hour R-rated cut of this is going to make it better. I think I think you could get a two-hour version of this, and it'd be a better movie. Zack Snyder just he dwells on these certain images that you can tell he's so proud of, and there's a lot of visual, like great visuals, which mm-hmm. in an in a two and a half hour movie, I shouldn't feel like I'd seen so much of it already. That's not necessarily yeah. the movie. The, that's not the filmmaker's fault. That's the marketing. But there was so much of this because the image has been flashed in those trailers over and over again. I felt like I'd seen so much of it already. But I think the movie could be tightened up and you'd have a much better movie. But I was disappointed. I, I've been, I, I haven't even logged this on Letterboxd because I've been trying to figure out where this would fall in like a five star rating. Like where yeah. would I put this? Oh, good question. I almost feel like two. In my mind, mm. two is a bad rating, but I I almost can't justify three stars because three is not bad. That's like, yeah, it's okay. Middle of the road. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Two and a half, maybe. I don't want it to get trashed because I want to, I want, I want to see what results of it. I think we could get cool Batman movies out of this Batman. Right. And, but I'm worried because Zack Snyder is doing Justice League part one. I didn't realize that. So we're stuck with his direction for that. But this has almost made me more interested in seeing what Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad turns out to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and if it's success, we'll steer, uh, Warner Brothers in a different direction. Yeah, I kind of hope, I, I mean, they probably won't because, I mean, as far as the studio is concerned, for the most part, this will make money. The money talks, yeah. but I kind of yeah. hope they listen to some of that bad criticism or some of that negative criticism. And like learn from it a little bit, but not just, necessarily get scared and pull back on things. Just give Zack Snyder an editor. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? give like, him an editor. Just, yeah. Just bring someone in to kind of rein him in. Yeah. My, my kind of summation of this movie, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place because I, I think there was a lot of great things about it. Um, you saw it on opening night. So I assume this is pretty late in the evening. And not a lot of kids in the theater. Yeah, no, not a lot of kids. Uh-uh. I had tons of kids in the theater. Really? And that also colored the experience a little bit because now I'm keenly aware of what I was saying in the last episode that we, you know, where we talked about R-rated movies. I kind of wonder if this is already a Superman Batman movie that kids shouldn't go to. I would think they'd be bored. Yeah. Sure. It's pretty to look at, but like there were parts where I was bored. Well, and there's certain things that I, I normally wouldn't be uncomfortable with, but because there were all these kids in the room, I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. You know, like right away, we get to see a little piece of, uh, Lois and Clark's relationship 
and you've got that whole scene with Lois in the bathtub and, and it's like, it's not a, it's not an overly, um, risque scene in itself, but in a Superman movie, in a context of a Superman movie, it's like, wow, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Where, where these, there's little kids in this theater because it's a, it's a Superman Batman movie. And so I was like, oh boy, I don't know how to feel about that. Now, taking the kids out of the equation, you know, and, and realizing this is a PG 13 movie and what PG 13 carries with it, you know, is it, is it okay? Is it kind of, is it relatively appropriate for the rating it has? Yeah. So, you know, I guess the fault lies on parents in that, you know, you're supposed to, you know, probably screen this stuff first. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So there was, so I had a little bit of that weird awkwardness, uh, you know, being, having kids like directly behind me and in front of me. Yeah, I can theater. imagine. So that, that changes things and colors my opinion of it right off the bat. Um, but I mean, again, that, it, that doesn't necessarily lie, uh, that, that fault doesn't lie with the filmmaker because they made a movie and it's up to us to figure out who gets to see it, I guess or should see it or reasons or, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel about this movie, the way I feel about Prometheus and the way I feel about avatar. The first time I saw it, you know, it was like, there's all these things where it's like, it's visually stunning. And I don't think it's as confusing as either of those movies. I, I, I was able to track it a lot better, but there was still a lot of stuff that was confusing. And there was character characterizations that bugged me. And so, yeah, it took me out of the film a lot. You know, like those, those things take me out of the film. And I think that's a flaw. And I think that is Zack Snyder's fault. Thank you for listening to Grawlitz Podcast. Grawlitz Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit RollicsPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast and like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Podcast. One more con, I didn't like the Bat brand. Oh yeah, weird.